not dismayed, for I am your God. He said, the reason why you should not fear is because he's with you. The reason why you should not fear is because he's your God. Those who operate in the spirit of fear, they deactivate the operation of the spirit of love. They can't reason and be productive with their faith. the wicked come against me to heat up my flesh, they stumble and fail. Not that they will not come against you, but they will stumble and fall. And most believers think that they will not face challenges. If you don't face darkness, you will not know you are the light. If you don't face failure, you will not know you are a success. And it is in facing those things that you realize the things you carry on your inside. Glory to God. Alright, I want to share with you what I've put together as 10 reasons you should not be afraid. 10 reasons you should not be afraid. And now, what is fear? Fear simply can be described as an expression of doubt, worry, and anxiety. The scripture says that we should be anxious for nothing. Philippians chapter 4 verse 6, we should be anxious for nothing. There is nothing in this world that should get us into a position where we are fearful and then we are afraid. So scripture says we should not be worried about what we shall eat, what we shall drink, and what we shall wear, alright, because God already is mindful of us. We should not be worried about that. So fear is an expression of doubt, worry, and anxiety. Fear it can also be described as an unpleasant feeling triggered by the perception of danger, real, uh, real or imagined. And now we're saying that you know it's an unpleasant feeling because that means it's, there's, there's, um, you know um, fear is uh, is a feeling, all right? But it's an unpleasant feeling, okay? That a situation where you are not comfortable with the what you are perceiving. Okay, maybe a feeling of danger, a feeling of maybe you have a perception there is a threat somewhere or something. You shall have that panic within your heart. It's an emotional reaction to perceived threats, danger, or death. All right? Now, people are afraid because, you know, when they hear about death, they're afraid. When they hear about economic meltdown, they're afraid. When they hear about things that could um, a, 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 put you in a position of um, uh, where you are not comfortable, when you are, you know, uh, going to achieve. So you have the tendency to be fearful of some of these things. And, uh, and these are the things the Word of God actually promised us, you know, when it comes to economy, when it comes to marriage, when it comes to family life, when it comes to uh, finances, when it comes to success, when it comes to um, everything in life, God told us never to be anxious for nothing, never to be anxious about anything, and then he told us never to be worried about anything. In fact, there's a scripture that says that you don't worry about tomorrow, the morrow will take care of itself. Okay? So sometimes we can just be worried unnecessarily. And so because of that, people become very fearful. They become very fearful. You know, I like what the scripture says. It said the righteous man will be as bold as life. Alright, a righteous man, you know, he will be as bold as lion, not because, you know, he's, he's, uh, he has the nature of righteousness. I mean, most believers, sometimes believers that are fearful, they are also righteous. Not because he has the nature of righteousness alone, but because that's a key. But then, he's as bold as lion because there are certain practices or there are certain understanding that that righteous man know. Alright? And there are certain things he practices. For example, if a righteous man engages in conversation with God often, 
or let's say always, it will be as bold as lion. Nobody have a conversation with God, the creator of the heaven and the earth, and at the end of the day, we'll be afraid of storm. We can see that. All right? Um, so let me quickly rule out those ten things that um, are reasons why you should not be afraid. Actually, it's more than that. I can give you bonus you know, at the end so that you can have an idea that it's more than that. Number one is that you should not be afraid if you're a believer because you are redeemed and you belong to God. I say that again. You are redeemed and you belong to God. The word redeemed means ransom. You have been bought with a price, the scripture says. You have been bought with a precious price of the blood of Jesus. So it means that you are so invaluable to God. So you are an entity that God cannot allow anything to intimidate or to threaten or to negatively affect because you now belong to God. So that's what the scripture says. In Second Corinthians, if you read from verse, if you read from Second uh, Corinthians chapter five, if you read from verse seven, you know, um, upward like that, you know, it talks about we no longer supposed to, you know, we no longer belong to ourselves because Christ has died for us. That we should henceforth, you know, begins to live for God because we no longer belong to ourselves. So we belong to God. So we are redeemed, we are bought with a price, and then we belong to God. We are His. You know, if you turn your Bible to the book of Isaiah 43, verse, verse 1, I just want to read 1b. It said, Do not fear, for I have redeemed you, and I have summoned you by name. You are mine. You see? Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. Now that's the reason you will not fear. He said, for I have redeemed you. So, you see, I have summoned you by name. You are mine, says the scripture. So, you are redeemed. Somebody say, I'm redeemed. I shall not be fearful because I am redeemed. Can you see after me? Say, I'm redeemed. I shall not be fearful because I am redeemed. I belong to God. I belong to God. I belong to God. In the name of Jesus. I want you to know that those who belong to God... Their response in this situation, in these pandemics and all that, you know, opera, economic meltdown, recession, you know, and all that, their response is, is, is positive. Their response, they, they respond to the situation, they don't react to the situation because they know they belong to God. God already will sort out His own. God will sort out His own. In fact, we can be so conscious that we belong to God and God will sort out the rest of the world because of us. Okay? So you have to belong, you have to know that you know that you know that you belong to God. You belong to God, you don't belong to the devil. Whether, you know, your ways are perfect or not, whether you are faithful or you are unfaithful, Christ has bought you with the precious price of his blood. Hallelujah. Alright, I can, I can talk about that you know, um, a long time. I'm so excited about that particular number one. It's very important. We belong to him. You belong to him. I remember a scripture. You know, just now. First John chapter 4, verse 4. He said, little children, little children, ye are of God. You have overcome them. For greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Now, this is very important because I say you are redeemed 
and then you belong to God. Now, um, it says greater is he that is in you, that means that God is in us. Okay? That's clear. But this is the point I want to raise. It says, ye are of God. Or, you are of God. Now, that's, that's preposition there. That of is possessive preposition, which means you hail from God. You are born of God. You are, your, your, your homeland is heaven. You came from heaven. You originate from God. So that means you carry God's DNA, you carry everything, the God's nature, God's life, everything that God has, you have. Alright? So you can't panic, you can't be fearful. Number two, God is with you. God is with us. Emmanuel, glory to God. God is with us. That's what it means. God is with us. And now, I, I want you to see it because you cannot be fearful because God is with you. You don't only have God in you, you have God with you. You don't only have God in you, you have God with you. Let's read Isaiah 41 verse 10. Alright, it says, So do not fear, for I am with you. That's NIV. I want to read, I like the way NKJV put it. NKJV says, Fear not, for I am with you. It says, Be not dismayed, for I am your God. You see that? Powerful. He said, the reason why you should not fear is because he's with you. The reason why you should not fear is because he's your God. Alright? So, number two point is because God is with us. I like the psalmist in 23 verse 4. Psalm 23 verse 4. He said, do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death? I will fear no evil for you are with me. He, he, he goes ahead and says, your rod and your staff comfort me. Now, don't let's go there. Just let's stop at, for you are with me. The reason why I'm going to walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I, I like what NIV says. He says, if I walk through the darkest valley. Now, it looks like the world is rolling, you know, in the darkest valley right now. Pandemonium everywhere. Challenges everywhere. And now, the disease is not only the viral infection, it's not only affecting you know, bodies and killing people is even melting down all the economy of the world. The biggest of the biggest empires are affected right now. And then, you know, countries, the higher mighties, the developed world are confused. And the developing world are demoralized. Alright? But in that situation, in that situation, it looks like it's the shadow of death. I mean, how can I mean, you see all those things on news. I, I tell you good news. I don't like talking about bad news. You see, you know, bad news on news. But then I, I'm, I'm bringing a good news to you. He said, for God is with us. For God is... This is why Moses says he's not going to leave. If you read Exodus, you know, Exodus 33, if you read from verse 12, he said, God, we ain't going to leave this place if you are not going to go with us. God is with us. It's called the presence of the Almighty. There are two kinds of presence. There is general presence of God and there is active presence of God. Or we call it manifest presence of God. The presence of God is everywhere. But the manifest presence we carry as believers. We carry God's manifest presence. The Holy Spirit. God's manifest presence. You know, I will be with you. 
You see, if you check Joshua chapter 1 verse 9, Joshua was terrified because he was going to take over. He was taken over from Moses. You, you remember the story. Alright? Joshua chapter 1, uh, you know, I, I'm sure we are so familiar with verse, uh, verse 8. But let's see verse 9. Verse 8 is when he said, this book of the law must not depart from thy mouth. Alright? And then you, blah, 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 you make your way prosperous and then you have good sources. Have I not commanded you be strong and of good courage? Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. The Lord your God is with you. I like this. Is with you wherever you go. Wherever you go. Oh God. Sometimes it looks like, wow, who sent me this to go here? But Bible is saying it's with you wherever you go. Oh, sometimes you just walk where you're supposed not to walk to. God's presence is with you wherever you go. Even though you went into a wrong places or you, you, anything, you made a wrong decision, God is still with you wherever you go. That is the promises. That's one of the promises of God. God is with us and then is with us wherever we go. Number three, God has not given you the spirit of fear. You cannot be fearful because you don't have the spirit of fear. My friend, you've got to live up to the grace and the efficiency and the dimensions of the spirit within you. God has not given you the spirit of fear. God has not given me the spirit of fear. God has not given me. I like what some people say. The acronyms of fear, they say, is false evidence appearing real. False evidence appearing real. Now, sometimes you say, well, Pastor, what's going on in the world right now is not false. We get pure news, real news. All right? You say it's not false. It's not false. This is the reality just before us. To you, to, generally speaking, by scientific facts, it is not false. But according to the truth of God's word, it is false because what you see, you will not partake. It's not meant for you. What, what, why, why is, you know, the acronym is a false evidence appearing real? It's like an evidence. Devil, demons will start interpreting it like you could be one of the people falling sick. Alright, your bank account and then your money, you can lose your job, you can lose your child, you can lose your parents, you can lose anybody. This time, the more you listen to those news, the more you hear them, I'm not saying you shouldn't, the more fear pile up in your heart. You must rebook that spirit of fear, for you have not been given the spirit of fear. But that of love, the Bible says, that of power and of sound mind, I love that. Instead of the spirit of fear, those who operate in the spirit of fear, they deactivate the operation of the spirit of love. They deactivate the operation of the spirit of, they can't reason and be productive with their thinking. Alright? So that's what the scripture says. In 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 6, it says, stir up the gift of faith which is in you. Stir it up, for you have not been given the spirit of fear, but out of love, power, and sound mind. That sound mind is productive thinking. Glory to God. I love that. Productive thinking. Alright? Productive thinking. Now, um, I want to quickly move so that, you know, you can get the rest. 
Somebody say, I have the spirit of faith. I have the spirit of boldness. I have not been given the spirit of fear. I have the spirit of love. I have the spirit of power. I have the spirit of sound mind. Say, I have sound mind. Sound mind. Spirit of love. Spirit of power. In the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Now, see people who operated not in fear in the scripture. They operated in love. They operated in power. They operated in, in, with sound mind. Daniel, for example. Joseph, for example. Regardless of what was done to Joseph, he operated with love. He didn't, he didn't revenge. He didn't, he was not offended. Even in prison, he was still reaching out to people, helping people. He became the coordinator of the chief, um, the chief prisoner in prison who was coordinating every other prisoner. And then he was attending to them, still ministering to them. That's how he could find out that somebody was not happy. He asked, he said, I had a dream, interpreted the dream. Another person too, interpreted the dream. Look at the life of Joseph. What have you been? Have you ever been sold? You have not been sold. You have not been sold. And then, you know, I mean, if you are sold now, and then, uh, you know, people disappointed, betrayed, sold you, and, um, you know, attack you, and then, even when you now start having little results, you still, you have framed up, set up, and then you find yourself in jail, You'll be angry with everybody in the jail. But Joseph was full of love. Alright? He was full of love. And his mind was sound. So when he heard about the dream, gave them accurate interpretation. When there was a problem in, 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 in palace, they sent for him. It doesn't matter where you are. When there is a problem somewhere and you have solution, you will be sought for. This is the truth. A prisoner may be more useful, like in the time of Joseph, Joseph being a prisoner was much more useful than Potiphar, than his wife, their entire lineage of Potiphar. Was much more useful than people were free on the road. They could interpret the dream. Joseph did not just interpret the dream, he interpreted the dream, he gave a solution, and he gave a recommendation to the extent that Pharaoh said, do we have anyone who's, who has the spirit of God like Joseph? For Joseph was not given the spirit of timidity. He was found with the spirit of love, sound mind, and that of power. I believe you are breaking through and you are solving problems for people regardless of what you are going through in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And I know the news media full of Bad news right now, but you must internalize God's word as the good news to combat every form of bad news that you are hearing. Because the more you hear those bad news, the more edifice of fear is built in your heart. Alright? I mean, believe us now that even praying out of fear, Father, I cover myself with blood of Jesus, 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 that speak better days, that sanitizer. They believe that they can be infected. You can be praying out of fear. But it's better you pray out of power consciousness. With boldness. With sound mind. And out of love. Glory to God. Number four. Number four. Quickly. God has given you the spirit of sonship. 
God has given you the spirit of sonship. Oh, glory to God. This is fantastic. By adoption. One of the reasons why you shouldn't fear is because God has made you his son. He has made you his son. He said he has given us the spirit of sonship by adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Romans chapter 8 verse 15. Bible speaking in Romans chapter 8 verse 15. Let me do uh, NIV. He said, but you did not receive the spirit of bondage. That's KJV. But NIV says, you did not receive the spirit of slavery. You are not a slave. You are not a slave. You did not receive the spirit of bondage, the spirit of slavery, to fear. To fear. Now, what bondage does, what consciousness of bondage or siege or slavery does, is fear. So you just believe you are not free. The reason why we are not out or we, we have to stay at home is because we obey government directive, not because we are afraid of coronavirus. And that's just the truth. That is the truth. You, you know, in a way, if so, I mean, those who are bold, when they are speaking, there's a way that people will say that, ah, hey, can you see the way this guy is very boastful? This guy gets mouth to. Boldness must be outspoken. It is correct. Boldness must be outspoken. Come to the throne of grace boldly. That word can be interpreted as with all outspokenness. Come to the throne of grace speaking with your mouth boldly. Loudly. Because if you are not speaking with your mouth, that virus cannot get near me it will get near you. If you are not speaking with your mouth, they have conquered the world. The world will conquer you. If you are not speaking with your mouth, that I'm a success. You may be a failure, even though you have the Spirit of God. So you have to come boldly, boldly, boldly. The righteous is as bold as lion. So you see that. You have not received the spirit of bondage, that is the spirit of slavery, to fear. Just like 2 Timothy 1.6 says, I 1.7 says, he said you have not received the spirit of bondage to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry, Habba Father, glory to God. Habba Father, we have a relationship with God. He has adopted us. We belong to him. Oh, he's our father. We are his sons. Glory to God. He takes care of his home. He protects his home. He makes his own healthy. The scripture says, by his stripes we are healed. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. I not receive the spirit of bondage to fear. So we are not slaves. We are not slaves. We are not under the elements of this world. He has delivered us from the wrath in the world. He has delivered us from the elements of the world. Is the children of disobedience that are under the elements of this world. The elements of sickness, powers, principalities, wicked spirits, and rulers in, of the world. Wicked spirits in high places are rulers of this world. Alright? The element of this world, which is wizard, we are not under them. We are far above. Seated at the right hand of Christ. At the right hand of God. With Christ. Seated with Christ. Far Glory to God. Far 
They can't get us. They can't get me. Glory to God. They can't get you. Okay. They can't get you. So you don't have the spirit of slavery. The spirit of bondage. You have the spirit of sonship. The spirit of sonship is a spirit of freedom. It's a spirit of freedom. And the Bible says that where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. That's what we have. And the spirit of the Lord is in us. And there is liberty. Alright? There is liberty. Glory to God. Number five. You have peace in this troubled and perverse world. This world is perverse. You have peace in this troubled and perverse world. Now let me read the NIV for you. John chapter, the book of John chapter 14 verse 27. John chapter 14 verse 27. And now the Bible says that peace I, I live with you. My peace I give you. I love that. Now Jesus speaking here. He said my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the word gives. There are different kind of, you know, uh, peace in the world. They have peace corps, they have peace association, peace. Not the kind that the world gives. Alright? The peace the world gives can be troubled. Alright? And believe, I, I know that the peace corps, the peace association, peace reconciliation, peace this, peace that. I, I believe they are troubled right now. <laughs> Some of them, uh, they should be troubled right now. Alright? But the peace that God gives to us is, is the rest of the Father. Come to me, all you that labored, and I will give you rest. The Bible says in the book of Ephesians, it says, He is our peace. In Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3, it said, Thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind stayed on him. That peace can be described as perfect. The word peace is from the word shalom, shalom, shalom. Shalom means rest and prosperity, peace and prosperity. All right, tranquility, tranquility, peace, rest, prosperity. That's what it means. It's my peace I give to you, not like the word give, verse 27. All right, he said, I do not give to you as the word gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not be afraid, says the Spirit of the Lord. I feel like prophesying to someone right now. Probably you're disturbed. I speak to you, I speak to your family, I speak to your business, I speak peace in the name of Jesus. Every spirit of fear, I cast it out. Now, in the name of Jesus. You know, uh, I remember Jesus Christ told his disciples, he said, let's cross to the other side. And then they were on the, you know, they were in the boat. Um, uh, another version of scripture, so in the other gospel, it recorded the other boat. And then they were joining together. And then he was sleeping. And there was storm. There was a fierce storm. That all the calculations of the fishermen on the sea, I'm sure that's not the first time they will have a counter storm, so probably they've been able to maneuver all of the storms they've been able to encounter, or they encountered, but this one was beyond their calculation, was beyond their experience, was beyond, just like what is going on in the world is beyond, <laughs> is beyond <laughs> medical scientists, is beyond, you get, you know, but it's not beyond God, and we carry God on our inside. So Jesus was sleeping. You, you know, Jesus, one of the things that baffles me about that is Jesus was a carpenter. 
they were fishermen. They knew what to do when there was fierce storm. Probably they've been able to throw some things outside their sheep in order to stabilize. They've been able to, you know, try to maneuver and nothing seems to be working. And then they went to Jesus. Now, you know, it's not impossible you have a job that is, you know, going down the drain and then you tried all your best. It's not impossible you have a business. It's not impossible you have someone who is sick right now. You tried all your best. It's not impossible you are going through difficult time right now. And Jesus is sleeping in your life. What I mean about that is that you don't communicate with him. He's not active. His presence is not active. It looks like you have the presence, but he's dormant. He's inactive, passive. They quickly rush to Jesus. They say, alas, master, don't you care we perish? Well, one of the things you must not say with your mouth is negative words. Because they already concluded they are perishing. How can the fishermen be disturbed in a storm and the carpenter was sleeping in that same storm and they were all in the same boat? Think about it. So it means some people can be disturbed right now with all their expertise and you that you don't really know much about what is going on, you're resting in a storm. When Jesus Christ woke up from his sleep, peace be still, he commanded. So I command the storm in your life. Peace be still. Anything that is making you to not fear, having doubt, little, little doubt in your heart, I decree as the one that is called and sent of God that by now I command that storm to cease in the name of Jesus. I cast out demons responsible for it. Father, we give you praise. Hallelujah. So Jesus rebuked the storm and there was a great calm, Bible says. So he asked, he spoke to them. He said, how long will I be with you? Year of little faith. So he expected them to have spoken to the storm. When you use your brain to solve a problem and it becomes too difficult to be solved, then you speak to the problem. Jesus never told us to romance the mountain. He told us to speak to the mountain. He never told us to be weeping on the mountain. He never told us to be emotional about the mountain. He said, speak to the mountain. Today I encourage you, speak. And the fear in your heart will dissolve. Glory to God. Alright? You have peace in this trouble time. Say to yourself, say I have peace in this trouble time. I have rest. In the name of Jesus. I have rest. Number six. The Lord is your light and salvation. If you, if we read, um, Psalm 27 verse 1, I want to read the first part, verse 1 8. He said, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? You know, it's one of the most interesting psalms I love because I, you know, my mom used to give some psalms for us, to us when we were small, to actually read and then used to pray. Psalm 91, Psalm 85, Psalm, uh, uh, Psalm 37, Psalm uh, 27. I mean, that sounds like that. You know, I, I remember it used to be like 10. So we use them to pray. This is one of the most interesting ones. Out of all those sounds. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? 
What does this mean? Don't forget he said the Lord. In the New Testament, the Bible says the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So what he's saying here is that your communion or your fellowship with the Holy Spirit will bring light. The Lord is the light. Is your light. So in the midst of darkness, you have light. You know what to do. Light signifies or symbolizes direction. Without light, there is no movement. Light symbolizes action. Light symbolizes direction. Alright? Light is vision. Those are the things it symbolizes. So, he says the Lord is your light. He's the one that supplies you light. And he says he's your salvation. What that means is, he's your savior. You find yourself in any trouble, he will save you. You find yourself in darkness, there will be light. You find yourself striking a wrong deal, there will be light. Somebody is about to defraud you, you feel uncomfortable in your spirit, you pray more about it, light comes. Management book might not be able to tell you that. There is no book outside on how to avoid a fraud, a fraudulent person. There is no book outside on how to deal with a fraud person. There is no book outside on how to escape as long as, I mean, as far as I, I mean, I don't think I've ever seen anything like that. Well, you see, Holy Spirit within us is our light, is our guide. All right? The scripture says he will guide us into all truths. So it means that when you are going into hell, the Holy Spirit within you, like an alarm, We've been ringing, by, 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 alerting you because of the sensitivity of the danger ahead. All right? Because of the danger, you have to be sensitive to the danger ahead. So the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? All right? Whom shall I fear? I, I mean, I like what verse 2 says. He said, when the wicked come against me, to heat up my flesh, that's what virus does. Enemies and foes, they stumble and fail. Not that they will not come against you, but they will stumble and fall. And most believers think that they will not face challenges. You will not know you carry God if you don't face challenges. If you don't face darkness, you will not know you are the light. If you don't face failure, you will not know you are a success. If you don't face disappointment, you don't know that God has blessed you. And it is in facing those things that you realize the things you carry on your inside. How to really manifest or get to the throne is to defeat Bear, Lion, and Goliath. Look at those three levels of... I mean, it's just like Joseph too. Defeated, conquered the pit, conquered the Potiphar's house, conquered the prison, and he entered palace. The truth is this. Those things will come in different measures. Temptation. Jesus Christ was tempted three times too. Are you getting what I'm saying? When Bible says love not the world, it talks about the pride of life, lust of the eyes, and uh, lust of the flesh. There are three dimensions of things you face and you overcome. Let's just leave all that. But he said, when the wicked comes against me, they stumbled and fell. Alright? You are more than conqueror. Number seven. God is your strength and helper. <laughs> Another reason why you should not fear is because God is your strength and helper. 
Psalm 27 verse 1b. He said, the Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? So it means that God is the one that strengthens us. God is the one that strengthens us. Don't forget, the Holy Spirit was referred to as the spirit of might. In Isaiah 11, 2, it was referred to as the spirit of might. I want to read from Hebrews chapter 13. 13 verse 5. All right. I'm going to read two or three different translations so that you get it. Keep your lives, this is New International Version, keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper, I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? I hope that is clear. What can mere mortals do to me? The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. All right? Um, you know, uh, the New Trans- Living Translation says, What can mere people do to me? The Lord is my helper, and I will have no fear. I will have no fear. The Lord is my helper, New King James Version. I will not fear. What can man do to me? All right. Now, let me read the message. He said, don't be obsessed with getting more material things. Don't be obsessed. That's love, material things or money. He said, be relaxed with what you have. Since God assured us, I will never let you down, never walk off and leave you. We can boldly quote, God is there, ready to help. I love that. God is there, ready to help. I am fearless no matter what. Oh, glory to God. I love that. Come on, declare that to yourself. I am fearless no matter what. I am fearless. No matter what, I am fearless. Who or what can get to me? Ah, chee, chee, chee. Who or what can get to me? I am fearless no matter what. Now, that's a scripture for someone, I believe. All right? If you read, um, you know, Isaiah 41 verse 10, B, Isaiah 41 verse 13, you get more details because of time. All right. Number eight. God moves with you and never will leave you nor forsake you. God moves with you. Okay. You know in Exodus 33 that I quoted before. Uh, Moses, I paraphrased it before. Moses said, we will not leave except you go with us. And God said he's going to go with them. So what happens is that God moves with his, his kids. That's why he said, where, anywhere you go, wherever you go, I will be with you. If you check Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 6. Deuteronomy 31, verse 6. Um, let me quickly just show you. This is very important. Verse 6. Hmm. Alright. Look at it. It says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Alright? That's NIV. The Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. I remember going into ministry. One of the things, I had three questions. Now, I'm not going to ask, I'm not going to talk about the questions. One of the questions is, okay, um, um, just one I want to talk about. Um, uh, you see, that I don't have anything. I don't look like everything God was describing to me. Like, no money, nothing. All right? So, you know, God 
Give me a scripture. Matthew 28, if you, if I, you know, he said, check Matthew 28, and then from verse 18, he said, all power in heaven and the heart, all authority in heaven and the heart has been given unto me. He said, go ye therefore, teaching all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He said, Lou. Now, where he wanted me to take note, and I, up to now, he sticks. He said, Lo, I will always be with you. I love that. Glory to God. I will always be with you. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So God moves with you and never will leave you nor forsake you. Let's say, for example, you find yourself in those countries with alarming rate of death right now. God is there with you. All right? I don't care the country you may be right now. God is there with you. And it's going to be your shield and your buckler. All right? Number nine. God has given us the kingdom. I like that. God has given us the kingdom. God has given us the kingdom. Luke chapter 12 verse 32. Now this was before Jesus died and then resurrected. We believe we are now in the kingdom. Bible says we've been translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son Jesus Christ. Colossians chapter 1, 12, 13. Oh, we thank the Lord for that. Lord, we belong to, we belong to God's kingdom. And now, but look at what the scripture says. He said, fear not, little flock, it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Fear not, little flock, it is your father's pleasure to give you the kingdom. Now, if you want to understand the concept of kingdom in the scripture, he said the kingdom of God is like a man find a goldly tear. He buried the ground, uh, he, he opened the ground and buried it, a precious stone, buried it, protected. It's like a man find a small seed of mustard, a mustard seed, and plant it. It grows to become a very big tree. Boss of the air, they land on it. Everybody come under it to take shed. Alright? To, to relax under. To, you know, like a shed. Okay? So it means that the kingdom of God can come to you in little ideas. It can come to you, you know, in little things that you must not despise. He said, God has given you the kingdom. He's not saying, he said, it's the good will of the Father. It's good player. It pleases the Lord to give you what, you know, we grow into big things. And people will say of a surety that God is with you. You see that. And now, it could be your business, it could be your marriage, it could be your family, it could be your work, it could be your deal, it could be your, it could be anything that God has committed into your hands, don't despise it. Okay? The kingdom of God will find expression in it. But you must continue to work with it. Because it's like a seed. It's, don't, don't see the kingdom as something you are in alone, it's like that. But also say the kingdom as something you are given. We're in the kingdom of God, right? But we need to manifest the kingdom. So something will be given to you that represents the kingdom that you work with. And when it becomes so big, God will be glorified in your life. Number 10. Are you still here with me? Number 10. Your what in Christ. Your what, your what, your what in Christ. Matthew chapter 10. Let's read Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10. Glory to God. 
Neto sheprena kosha kebre nekele kado shikebre na kambra tosha tali gadabacho. Elige deze frede zufra daga jaga rada gaja frada goshe teregede. Megro duva grada goshe gredede gedegede. Megalili gadaga jovra gadale legede gojugurugudo. Egegeri daga raga dayaga rada gaga yada gurugudo. Egrede zuzufra daga zagovre gedele zufranda gadabaya. Matthew chapter 10, I want to read from verse 20, 29, uh, 29. Now listen to what he says. He said, are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside your father's care. He says your own father is taking care of the sparrow. Bible did not say it's the father of the sparrows. It says your own father. He has a key for the sparrows. Look at it. And even the very ear of your head are all numbered. That's, that's God's, that's, this is God's word. Your ears, the very ear of your head are all numbered. Mm. Powerful. So don't be afraid. Verse 31 now. So don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. That's powerful. So if God shows care for sparrows, how much more you? You are worth much more than sparrows. Now, let's read the message version. And I, I love message, you know, at least. Um, to really get more light. What is the price of a pet canary? Some lose change, right? And God cares what happens to it, even more than you do. He pays even greater attention to you than to the last detail. Down to the last detail. He pays even greater attention to you than to the last detail. Even numbering the hairs on your head. So don't be intimidated by all this bully talk. You are worth more than a million canaries. You see that? You see, there could be bully talk, you know, like that, all over the place. Bible says you are worth more. You are worth in Christ. You are bought with a price. You are invaluable. That alone cannot get you afraid. There are so many things, so many points. I just put this thing together. Like, for example, if I want to give you extra bonus too, you are favored, not fearful. Somebody say, I'm favored, not fearful. Angel told Mary in Luke chapter 1, verse 30 and 31. He said, don't be afraid. You are favored among... And that's the reason. You shouldn't be afraid. You are favored among many women. You are favored in the world. All right? The last one is, I mean, the scripture says, don't even be afraid of the people that cannot kill your spirit. Hmm? In a way, if you look at it very well, you are victorious. Whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. God is the ruler over all. He is the judge. He takes vengeance. Don't think God will just fall, roll up his sleeves, cross his leg. All right? I'll be looking at you going through what you are going through without doing something about it. I'm sure you have been blessed.
fear can paralyze things. In my, in, you know, in one of the uh, services, I will be teaching you on how to overcome it, really, in a practical way. I want you to begin to thank God and give Him praise. He's worthy of our praise. Worship Him. Thank Him. Talk to God. A Father, I receive the spirit of grace to be conscious and not be fearful, to be conscious of your word, to be conscious of your promises, to be conscious of who I am in you, to be conscious of your care and mindfulness of me, to be conscious. Just talk to God. Talk to God. Father, we thank we know you have been blessed by the insightful teaching of God's word by Pastor Kappa Ophisaya, brought to you by Communion Christian Center. For more information on how to be a partner and others, contact plus 234-8035-858047 or send a mail to kappaophisaya at gmail.com. Remain blessed as you fulfill your destiny.